Welcome to the Buckhead Church Podcast. At Buckhead Church, we are for Atlanta because we believe that God is for Atlanta. And these days, it's more important than ever to be known by what we're for. And we hope this podcast helps you in your life and faith. We want to help you find greater hope with fewer regrets because we are for you. If it's your first time with us, head over to buckheadchurch.org slash new so we can meet you and send you a free For Atlanta gift on us. If you're not already receiving weekly emails from us, make sure to head to our website, scroll to the bottom, click stay informed and sign up today. The best way to keep up with everything going on is to follow us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free Buckhead Church app. But most importantly, I hope the following episode inspires you to take the next step forward in your faith journey this week. Enjoy. Well, good morning, Buckhead Church. How we feeling? Everybody good? Awesome, awesome. Uh, Well, last week we kicked off this uh, conversation, what if? And what if? Those are two words that really can spark new dreams, inspire change, or envision what could be in your life. Uh, These two words, what if, they they really can lead you down a path of being filled with fear or they can fuel your faith. And so I'm excited today to continue on and wrap up this conversation. And last week, uh, we started this conversation in what if part one in the gospel of John chapter two, uh, we looked at the miracle, the story of Jesus turning water into wine. And ultimately we landed with the truth that Jesus uh, wants to transform your heart. Uh, That's his intention. And the question that we landed on, the question that you and I have to wrestle with, regardless of where we might be at in our faith journey, is the question, what if you said yes? So Jesus wants to transform your heart. He wants your surrender. He wants your trust. He wants your obedience. But what if you said yes? And last week, uh, throughout the story of Jesus turning water into wine, there were certainly moments in that story uh, where it didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. It was like, what is Jesus doing here? What's going on? Uh, and this morning, in part two of this conversation, uh, we're going to look back at an Old Testament story that's found in the book of Joshua. And there, too, are moments in this story uh, that we're going to dive into here in just a moment. There are moments where it doesn't seem to make complete sense. And as I was preparing for this morning for What If Part 2, I thought back to an experience that I had just over a year ago. And I told you last week that I've got uh, two little girls, two daughters that are two and soon to be five, and uh, they go to Wombaland. Wombaland is our environment here at Buckhead Church for newborn up through preschool age. And so my two daughters were just in Wombaland at the 9 a.m. And Wombaland is an amazing environment with so many incredible leaders. And they really do everything they can uh, for for kids, uh, again, newborn through preschool age, to learn three core truths. So by the time uh, kids move up uh, to kindergarten, move up into our environment for elementary age here at Buckhead called Upstreet, by the time they get there, they want these children to know three core truths, which are God made me, God loves me, and Jesus wants to be my best friend forever. How amazing is that? Everybody can, can be like, oh, that's so great, right? It's incredible though. And their leaders, the staff at Wombland does an amazing job of trying to find creative, engaging ways to help kids learn these truths. And one of the things that they do is each month they pick a Bible verse, they pick a biblical truth, and they're like, hey, we're going to really try to help these uh, children understand and learn this truth. And so a little over a year ago, uh, I'm sitting on a Saturday afternoon and I'm playing with uh, my oldest daughter, Willow, in our playroom at our house. And Willow kind of interrupts the, the time of play. And she's like, hey, Dad, um, could I tell you my Bible verse that I'm learning in Wombaland? To which she was about four years old at this time. And up until this point in her life, um, this type of moment had never happened, at least not like unprompted like this. And so I'm like, 
of course, you know, I've got no expectations. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm kind of thinking she'll just change the subject and be like, just kidding. Um, but she's like, okay, dad, um, are you ready? And I'm like, Certainly am. Like, go for it. And so she confidently stands up to her feet uh, right there on the playroom floor. And she's like, all right, Dad, let me say it for you. And, of course, in Wombland, it, it comes with motions. And so she's like, God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1, verse 9. To which immediately I'm like pulling out my phone, like, please do that again. You know, I need proof for your mother to see it. And so and she's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Um, but I'm like, that was amazing. Like, wow, yes, you know, and I'm filled in this moment with so much gratitude for this church community, so much gratitude for Wombolan and the fact that our church, we do all that we can to invest in the faith of the next generation. And I got to be honest with you, this promise from God's word, Joshua 1.9, God is with you wherever you go. It's been an anchor of truth that I've reminded my daughters of time and time again in their young lives. As they're uncertain before stepping into a new environment like school, starting a new school year just a few weeks ago, I'm like, hey, girls, don't forget, God is with you wherever you go. As they're trying to find their, the courage to embrace a new challenge in their life, hey, God is with you wherever you go. As they're feeling nervous or intimidated about something they may need to do or say, hey, God is with you wherever you go. When they may feel as if what's being asked of them is just too much and they, they, they can't find the strength to do it or say it. Like, hey, girls, can you please clean up the overwhelming amount of Legos in the playroom? God is with you wherever you go. And in these moments, personally, I have an abundance of confidence and boldness. And I can say to them, hey, God is with you wherever you go. Yes, amen. I never want you to forget it. I encourage them passionately to follow what they know to be true rather than what they may feel in the moment. But then a couple weeks ago, I'm driving home from, from work and I'm just kind of replaying the day, walking through some moments, some conversations. And my mind starts going about 100 miles per hour with all of these what if thoughts? What if I'm not prepared for, for that opportunity? What if I'm not ready to lead that meeting? What if I'm not able to come through on that request? What if the market crashes? What if I forget to book the flights? What if it rains this weekend and I've got to adjust our plans? What if it's too late? What if they don't get healthier? What if that person doesn't listen? What if I'm forgetting something really important? What if? And now I can't tell you how many times I've intentionally reminded my children, my daughters, of this truth that no matter what they're going through, no matter what they're experiencing, what circumstances in life they may be up against, what they may be feeling, that, hey, God is with you wherever you go. Yet as I'm sitting at a red light in Buckhead, not far from here, I clearly hear the voice of the Holy Spirit whisper into my soul. Matt, do you really believe that for yourself? Like, I know you can say it to others with confidence, but do others see you live it out with conviction? Like, do you, do you really trust me with the what ifs in your life? And the question that the Holy Spirit kind of put on my heart and the question that I want to propose to you today, it, it was this question right here. Are you fully confident that God is with you wherever you go? Are you fully confident 
that God is with you wherever you go. This morning, we're going to look at the story of Joshua, but before we dive in, I want to give a little bit of context. Joshua actually followed a leader by the name of Moses, which Moses, if you've ever heard anything about him before, uh, he was the one that like delivered uh, the Ten Commandments that the Lord had given to him. Uh, he was the guy who led the Israelites out of captivity. Uh, he was a part of the burning bush moment, the, the Red Sea parting moment. Like It's the same guy. That's, that's Moses. He's a, a pretty challenging leader to follow. I think we can all agree to that. Um, in fact, I would guess that it, the line wasn't too big or long for people who were lining up saying like, hey, when Moses is done, uh, when he hands off the baton, like I've got next. I doubt that that was the case. And so this is where the text picks up in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. So the Lord is saying, hey, Joshua, you're next. Like Moses is dead, and so the time uh, for a new leader is now, and Joshua, you're up. And at this point in his life, Joshua was a grown man. But he had been Moses' assistant up until this point throughout his entire career. And so Joshua had certainly been patient in the preparation, and now it's his time to lead the people forward. He's the leader. But can you imagine in this moment, as the Lord is like, hey, Joshua, it's your time. You're the leader. You're next. I want you to lead the people forward. Can you imagine all the potential what-if questions and thoughts that could have been going through Joshua's mind? Like, could you imagine Joshua thinking, well, what if this is a mistake? Like, like, what if this is too soon of a transition? What, what if people don't agree with this decision? What if I fail? What if I'm not really fully equipped for this level of leadership yet? Joshua could have been paralyzed by fear. Like the what ifs, the meteor shower of what ifs that could have been flooding his mind in this moment, in this significant moment in his life. And for the people of Israel, he could have been paralyzed by fear. And the text goes on. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. That's important. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the Lord immediately extends Joshua the promise of his presence and says, I will be with you. The presence of fear in our lives, hear me on this. The presence of fear in our lives is unavoidable. We don't always get to control outcomes or circumstances. Joshua, in this story, in this moment, like he was probably going to have some fear, some what-if thoughts that were going to lead him to be filled with some fear. The presence of fear is unavoidable, but the prison of fear is optional. You and I, we don't have to fall in the prison of fear. Our fears don't have to, to paralyze us from moving forward. The Lord says, I'll be with you. He goes on, he says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Notice here, this is important. Notice the Lord didn't say, feel strong and courageous. Like he wasn't like, hey, Joshua, feel strong and courageous. Let me say it again. Feel strong and feel very courageous, Joshua. And my best guess is it's probably because the Lord knew that Joshua didn't feel very strong or very courageous. And so the Lord says, I, I understand that. 
I'm not asking you to feel strong and courageous. Your feelings will shift. What I'm asking you is to be strong and courageous. It's different. He's saying, look, I want you to not be paralyzed by your fears, which are real, which are there. I want you to be filled with faith and I want you to take action because faith will often lead us into action. And so the Lord is like, Joshua, I want you to take a step. Faith sometimes will require you to take a step. In fact, just side note, um, for some of us, we, we, we like to pray about things a lot. And that's good, we should. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. But we pray and we pray and we pray and we're like, Lord, would you give me strength? Lord, would you give me courage? Lord, would you please give me wisdom? And then God's like, yeah, all right, now I want you to move. And we're like, no, Lord, I just want to receive. I, I don't really want to move. And God's like, I know, I need you to move though because I, I want to come through for you, but I want you to exercise your faith. And we're like, no, just, Lord, just, just give me faith. And, we're, and God's like, no, no, I need you to move. Faith will lead you into action. If we pray about things and we really believe God can and will come through, then maybe we should move as if he's going to come through. And so in this moment, the Lord's like, Joshua, I want you to go. And, and sometimes faith will lead you into action to take a step. Like for some of you, you just need to take a step of obedience, a step of faith. But then sometimes faith will lead you to action in the form of you actually taking a seat and you being patient and you being willing to wait because it's not always going to be your timing, Right? And so what if you don't feel strong and courageous? That's okay. Joshua, what if you don't feel strong and courageous? All good. You don't have to. The Lord is not asking you to feel strong and courageous. He's asking you to be strong and courageous. In fact, the Lord repeats this instruction once again in verse 9, but he even takes it a step further. Check this out. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. To which I'm thinking, shouldn't Joshua be insecure and worried in this moment a little bit? Doesn't he have like reason to feel fearful and discouraged? Aren't his what ifs a little bit justified? I feel as though they are, at least from his perspective. Like the what ifs he could be thinking about, the what ifs that have filled him with fears, those seem to be valid. But the Lord's like, Joshua, here's why. You can be strong and courageous in spite of the what ifs in your life. Here's why. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There it is. There's the promise. Joshua 1 9. God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 9. Hey, when the what ifs of life begin to come your way and your feelings are shifting back and forth like the wind and you don't know which direction to go and you're like, I don't even know if I can move in either direction. Go back to the promise of what you know to be true. Go back to the promise. I feel like Joshua in this moment probably was a bit uncertain, probably a bit worried, definitely had some fear, but yet he could go back to the promise the Lord gave to him, hey, Joshua, I'll be with you wherever you go. And so the story goes on. Just a little bit later, fast forward, Joshua chapter six. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So Jericho was on high alert. 
Like from a human perspective, this battle would seem impossible to win. Jericho wasn't an exceptionally large city, but it was in a very important one. And if Israel could take Jericho, if they could defeat Jericho, then really they could defeat any other enemy that they would come up against in Canaan. So this was important. Jericho was a, a very important battle. It goes on, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and fighting man. I love this. The Lord is already speaking in past tense. He's like, hey, uh, don't you see it, Joshua? Sometimes faith requires you to like trust what you, you can't yet see. And the Lord's like, see, I've already delivered the city into your hands. I, I've already done it. To which Joshua again could have been like, I, I, I don't know. Have you? <laughs> Maybe. He goes on, he says, he says, here's what I want you to do. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. Goes on. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. These are very specific instructions. But this feels like, come on, can we be honest? This feels like the worst military strategy ever designed. Like, can I get an amen? This just doesn't feel like it. If I'm Joshua, I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry, it must be early in the morning. I, this, can you say that again? Run that back one more time. You're saying we're gonna march up to Jericho. Uh, they're already on high alert. They're already, the walls are very secure. No one's come, you know, going in, no one's coming out. Um, and you want me to just kind of be like, hey, um, we're coming, you know? Don't worry, don't worry, we're not coming yet. We're not coming yet. We're gonna give you a few days. We're gonna march around. We're gonna let you from your watchtowers kind of analyze, you know, the attack and know exactly what you're up against. And then guess what? When it's time, when we feel ready, what we're gonna actually do is we're gonna just sound a long blast for you and kind of a trumpet noise, you know, like, do, 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 whatever, uh, that was bad. And, 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 and you're gonna be ready for us. Hey guys, that's our plan. How's that feel? Team on three, you know? No, they're, they're probably like, what? What? What if this isn't actually going to work? Like, what if we die? What if we lead the people astray? When you're at an intersection in your life of what ifs that are either going in the direction of faith or fear, go back to the promise of God in your life. I would imagine that in this moment, Joshua, as he's leading the team, as he's leading the army, I would imagine he was like, guys, I, I get it. I'm not totally certain either. This doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. I'm with you. I feel what you're feeling. I can empathize. But remember what God said? He gave us a promise. He said he'll be with us wherever we go. So because of that, and really only because of that, let's move forward in faith and let's do what he's calling us to do. So when the trumpets sounded, the army shouted, they're following through. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. It works. 
Because Joshua and his men were fully confident that God is with them wherever they go. They were willing to take action towards whatever God had called them to do. So come on, let me just ask you this morning. What if you were fully confident that God is with you wherever you go? What would you do if you were fully confident that God is with you wherever you go? What would you not do? What would you say? What would you not say? What risk would you take? What changes would you make in your life if you were fully confident that God is with you wherever you go? What would you start? What would you stop? How would this impact your faith if you were fully confident that God is with you wherever you go? To which you might be thinking, okay, Matt, I'm tracking with you. um, But like, what's really at stake here? Because for some of you, you can just be like, okay, I understand that God's with me wherever I go. Like, I get it, you know, in, in theory. But, but what's actually at stake, Matt? Like, make it practical. Here's what's at stake. There are walls in your life that will only fall when you are fully confident that God is with you. That's what's at stake. There are some walls in your life, I believe, that you can probably overcome on your own strength and power. Some things that you can probably get past on your own will. But there are other things in your life where the wall is so secure, it's so big, that you're going to need God's presence. You're going to need to know that he's with you. And not only are you going to need to know that he's with you, you're going to need his strength in order to bring this wall in your life down. Because in order for those walls to fall, You're going to have to take action to do some things that you would never have the confidence to do apart from the presence of God in your life. Just like in this text. No way do they have the confidence to do what God asked them to do if they weren't sure of the promise that God is with them. So imagine what walls in your life could fall if you were fully confident that God is with you. Imagine what could be on the other side of a wall in your life. Like for you, all you see is the wall and you think there's no way I could ever get to the other side. Imagine if you could. Imagine what life would be like. Like, like, like maybe it's a wall of pride, right? And you've been dealing with this for a long time. People who love you, who are close to you, have, have brought it up time and time again. And you're like, I know, I know, I know, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I gotta stop saying that. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't think that way. You don't understand. It's just the way I am. I I don't know if it's ever gonna change. And the people around you have maybe been like, yeah, I, I don't know if it is either. What would happen if you were fully confident? God is with you wherever you go. God, would you help me bring down this wall of pride? I can't do it on my own. I've tried. So God, You're with me, what do I need to do? Okay, Lord, that doesn't make sense, but you're with me, so I'll do it. Maybe, just maybe on the other side of that wall of pride, maybe there's humility. And maybe you could step into that and experience that and the people around you might be like, who who is this? Maybe for you, it's it's a wall of shame. I'm not talking about guilt, guilt is different. Guilt says I did something bad. Shame says I am something bad. 
For some of you, you've been carrying around immense shame and you are masking it as if it's guilt. It happened three and a half years ago. It's not guilt, it's shame. Scriptures are clear. There's no shame and condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You need to let it go. It doesn't define you. So what if you were fully confident that God's with you wherever you go? And you said, man, there's this wall of shame in my life. Lord, would you help me realize there's no shame, there's no condemnation for those who are in you. Help me get to the other side. Maybe on the other side of that wall, there's freedom to where you could take a deep breath and walk feeling as if, man, I'm not carrying around this heavy burden anymore. Maybe for you, it's a wall of regret. There's some things that you've said or did before, some things that were maybe said or done to you and somehow you're carrying around this regret and you feel like it's just part of who you are. You gotta carry it for the rest of your life. Maybe, just maybe, if you're fully confident God is with you, you could get over that wall of regret. And and on the other side, there could be hope for your future. Maybe it's a wall of insecurity. And every single morning, it's like when you wake up and look at yourself in the mirror, you just don't like the person that you see. And you've been trying to work on it. You've been trying to tell yourself good things. You've been reading the right books, listening to the right podcast. But maybe it's just that you need to know that God is with you wherever you go. And maybe he'd say, hey, look, here's what I have for you. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to not do. And maybe on the other side of the wall of that insecurity, you could find a renewed strength and confidence. Maybe it's a wall of sin in your life. And there's some particular sin that, that keeps plaguing you. And it's like every time you fall into the sin, every time you, you, you say yes to this temptation in your life, you're like, all right, that's the last time. I'm not doing it again. I'm done. And then two weeks later, you're like, here I am again. I can't shake it. But maybe on the other side of the wall of sin, you could move past it and there's, there's restoration. Maybe for you, it's, it's fear. And the what ifs in your life just keep building up. And there's so much fear, there's so much worry, there's so much anxiety. And maybe if you were fully confident God is with you wherever you go, you could begin to step out of the prison of fear that you find yourself in. And on the other side, you could start to embrace some faith that you're gonna make it. God's with you wherever you go, ultimately, Come on, you know this to be true. We don't control outcomes. We don't always get to dictate our circumstances. But there is great freedom in knowing that we can trust a God who is going to move on your behalf. So let me go back to the kind of what if scenarios that I walked us through at the very beginning of this conversation and what if part one last Sunday. Um, What if you get the promotion? What if you get fired? What, what if the relationship works out? What, what if it doesn't? What if your kids succeed? What if they don't? What if you get the opportunity or what if you get, never get recognized at all? What if you overcome that struggle in your life or what if you never do? Being fully confident that God is with you wherever you go allows you to live your life full of faith rather than filled with fear. God, 
is with you wherever you go. I want this promise. I so desperately want this promise for our community to go from your head to your heart. God is with you wherever you go. Come on, God is with you wherever you go. One more time, God is with you wherever you go. What if, what if you were fully confident of that promise in your life? Can you imagine what God could do in and through you? I'd love to pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminder, the promise that you are with us wherever we go. God, I pray for the person in the room this morning or the person watching online who right now they're calling to mind specific circumstances in their life and they're saying to themselves, well, it doesn't seem like God could be with me here because this is too difficult. This is too overwhelming. There's just no way. God, for that person, even now, would you help them to feel confident, fully confident that you are with them even in this moment. You're with them always, wherever we go. God, I pray that you would give us all wisdom today to know what to do with what we just heard, to know what to do with what you're putting on our heart right now. And God, even beyond that, I pray that you would give us the courage to do it. It's a courage that doesn't come from our own strength, but it's a courage that we can tap into when we're fully confident that you're with us wherever we go. Thank you, Lord, that your promise still stands. You're always good on your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray this morning. Amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more messages like this, we've made it super easy. First, you can hit the subscribe button to get these messages on your device every week. Second, you can download our app from iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your apps. Or third, you can check out our YouTube channel. Just search for Buckhead Church and make sure to subscribe. Have a great day.